You're listening to Answers from the Akashic Records, a world of empowerment service from Angel Rose and Ahanu. Welcome, everybody, to our third session of Answers from the Akashic Records, our new project in the new year. And as usual, Ahano sits there and says, welcome, everybody. And with me is my lovely Angel Rose. And this week I'm saying, welcome, everybody. And with me is my sexy, handsome Oh, no, no, I don't know about that, Angel Rose. We may have to re- re-record this. No, this is good. Okay, so last week, and uh, in, in we did have wonderful feedback from you listeners. You were giving us wonderful thoughts about what you were hearing and how it was, how it helped you, and it gave you food for thought. Because last week. If you remember, we we talked about why so many celebrities had died in 2016. And then we went into talking about the planet Nibiru and its imminent pass by of the Earth. Okay, so from there, we wanted to go into what was discussed next in that first Akashic Record uh, group session this year. And that was someone asking the question on what makes people murderous what makes the human being have evil tendencies or commit murder okay and its source answered us and said that it was a high degree of fear remember and it was saying that people become insane when they feel that they're not safe when their security feels threatened in some way that people start to behave unnaturally and in insane ways. I went on to talk about the world right now, for example. We're watching a lot of insanity happen. We're watching a lot of murder. We're watching people get vicious, take sides, Mm -hmm. do things against each other. You know, if you look on Facebook right now, for example, all you're seeing is why Trump shouldn't be president and how stuff against Trump or stuff against or for people who are against the people who are for Trump or uh, you know, we're, we're just seeing this all over the place. People taking sides, Dis- people division. mudslinging. Yes. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's disgusting, really. Yes. Okay. Now, you did say last week, though, just to reflect back, you did say that the natural human is cooperative and harmonious. Right. And so what we're seeing is the very opposite of that. We're yeah. seeing this real, uh, this dichotomy, aren't we? We're, we're seeing, seeing the insanity. Division. Yes. The fear insanity is mm. what we're watching because people feel threatened. Mm. Okay, they're worried about their safety. Mm. Okay, so, but to lead on, and you're absolutely right, because Source went on to explain that the natural human is a loving being and a cooperative being. Okay, and when when the human is not behaving that way, it's gone insane. And I even remember one time Source had said something about sickness. It said that sickness was... Sickness happened when when your mind was distorted. Okay, that sickness can't happen if you're if you're a normal human, if you're a loving human, a cooperative human. Sickness wouldn't be present. Okay, mm-hmm. or when you have a negative thought. Source also said that that's an indication that the mind has gone sick. Right. Okay, if you have negative thoughts, it's connected to sickness because when you feel well. When a, when a human feels well, it is naturally loving. 
It naturally has positive thoughts. Okay, so we we were curious about this whole subject of murder because we're seeing so much of it now. Mm-hmm. And indeed, we've seen it throughout history. I mean, barbaric things we've watched. And we wondered where that came from, you know? Uh, if the normal human is loving and cooperative, where did this distortion happen? And Source did talk to us about ancient times, very ancient times, where in the universe there are other races of beings that are are very warlike in, in the way they're made, not by Source, but in the way they've been bred, let's just say. And and this planet's been invaded quite a bit from negative war warlike mm-hmm. um, races. And so it kind of started back then. But it wanted to make it clear, though, that innately, in the core of the human, they were created as loving, cooperative beings. Yes, yes. Now, this conversation, last week it just began to touch on the fact that there were negative imprints in the land. Do you remember? I remember. Somebody asked that question. And we ourselves, in traveling throughout Europe and the United States, collecting our sacred earth waters have found that various places indeed do have these negative imprints in the land. Some places have positive imprints, of course. But the imprint can actually lead to or accentuate those feelings of fear. They can. And in what we, yeah, what we had discovered being led by spirit to make water tinctures of various places around Ireland, Scotland and England a couple of years back, was that places that had had a lot of trauma or a lot of battle, if you made a water out of that place, you'd actually have a vision of the scene of what happened then, okay? Whether it was sorrow, whether it was battle, okay? And, you know, Source was saying that, yes, this these imprints, these events stay in the soil, in the energetics of the soil. So, like, this is why sometimes people don't feel good in certain places. Mm. This is why they may all of a sudden have tremendous fear going to a place or they may have sorrow or they may even live in a house that was built over land, built on land where something could have happened there in the past before the house was built. Something could have indeed happened in the house. Okay. That was traumatic. And that home or that land will still carry that imprint. And the people suddenly who move in, they get sick or or they have the experience of hauntings. All of that is because the imprints are still there and they haven't been cleared. Mm-hmm. Okay. And clearing really has to do with forgiveness, but that's another, we'll deal with that in another time. In fact, we have spoken quite a bit about forgiveness in the past, but it leads us very nicely into something that I want to speak about now, and that is love. And I did mention at the outset that we were going to move from fear to love. And as always, we like to come up with practical, what we call practical spirituality in a changing world. In other words, we even though we speak about these polarities and we speak about fear and we speak about love, we always like to have little solutions or little things that people can do or little experiences that people can have, whether it's a meditation or whether it's a quantum jump or whatever it might be, but something so that people will know that there are little ways that you can 
move away from this fear. There, there are practical things you can do, even though you might be in a location where, for example, there may be a, a battle imprint in the land or there may be some other outside influence and you are under its effect. But you can still do things to clear that. Now, one of the things you may hear in my voice a little tickle in my throat. You're still froggy. I'm still a little froggy. And the reason is because I'm coming out the other end of the flu. But during the week, I woke up uh, having had what I would prefer to call a vision, actually, as opposed to a dream, because it was that clear and it was that meaningful and it was that powerful that it was a vision. And the vision was all about living in a kind of a I got to look into the future, actually, in the sense that it was a vision of paradise earth. It was a vision of a love-based society. It was business being done out of love in a whole different way than what we're familiar with now. And it was very beautiful. And I'd like to play that for you because it's, it's very important for us to understand that even though for me it was an experience of a vision... It came across as being very achievable, Angel Rose. Very, very achievable. Well, it was the truth, Hannah. You had an experience of the truth. Yes. And I just want to comment before you play the recording, because when you mentioned you were going to play it for our listeners, that you did, you did, you were telling me about it and you were recording it so you wouldn't forget it. You know how you forget That's a dream right. really fast? Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to play it in its original act. Yes. So, so yes. do please, I apologize in advance for the way my voice sounds. And also, I wasn't expecting actually to broadcast it, you know. So it, it, it's, it's me in my core essence, in my, in my sickness. In your sickness. <laughs> but you make a good point, though, because I do need to tell our listeners that you did have a very high fever. Okay, when you had this. Right. But, you know, medical science would probably say, well, you were hallucinating. Yes. But I don't see it that way. I think that sometimes when you have really high fevers, you know, something happens to the brain Hmm. chemically where you can access higher states of consciousness. And I think that's what was happening to you. Makes sense. Makes sense. So have a listen and we'll come back. It's only three or four minutes. We'll be right back after this. I had a vision last night of a future economy that didn't use money as we know it now. And it didn't even use that skill system of trading or bartering because it was completely based on love. And love doesn't expect anything in return. So it wasn't a case of you give me this and I'll give you that or I'll mow your lawn if you give me a chicken. It wasn't, there wasn't, there wasn't that need to expect something in return. And that was the key to the whole thing because it was based purely on the abundance of everything. It was based on a love. And I kept getting the vision of a mother, a mother and a child. And even if a child is is ugly, let's say, just for want of a way of describing something, it doesn't diminish the mother's love for the child whatsoever. It's still all-encompassing, unconditional. And that was the basis of the, the new economy that I saw, that people did things for each other because they loved them, because there was an abundance of life and there was no expectation of anything in return. And the days of 
paying back or owing, paying back loans or paying interest or mortgages, the debt loan or the DEBT, DEATH, death loan, being in debt didn't exist because with love was freedom and with freedom was love. And it was a beautiful environment. Nobody did anything to hurt another person, another animal, another plant, another anything. There was no, there was no greed anywhere. And I remember in my vision asking, like, how can that be? Because... We're, we're programmed to believe in life cycles in the sense that everything dies. And it's that belief that has us tied to the money problem. In other words, if you think about money, money is like insurance. It ensures that you have enough to pay for food or pay for your coffin or to pay if you have a to pay crash your car to pay period exactly now if that if that belief didn't exist then there would be no need for insurance there would be no need to consider that i must pay something in the future i must i must collect now to pay something in the future so it was a very beautiful all-round belief that was f- based entirely on love. It was like a mother's love. It was like a mother's love, but it extended out to everybody. And people did things for each other without expecting anything in return. They didn't even expect that the other person would know that they did it. They didn't even expect that the other person would acknowledge that they did something for them. There was no expectation of anything in return. It was just pure love all around. And it was the most beautiful thing I ever saw. I had the thought that this this paradise, this utopia that I was seeing was after death. And I, I started to analyze it in that way. Is this what it's like after you die? And it is indeed what it's like after you die. There's no expectation of anything in return for anything in that spirit world. And everything is is love-based and supportive and beautiful. But what came to me very quickly, though, was we don't have to do this death thing in order to experience that. We think we do. This is where there's a disconnect We believe that we have to die in order to experience love and the paradise earth. But we don't. That's the key to the whole thing, that it is something that we can experience right now. Difficult coming from where we're coming from. In other words, it's like I felt it was like a a kid in, in junior school not really knowing a lot about anything. 
compared to somebody in university, let's say. I know it's not a, quite a valid com um, comparison, but in a way, it's very hard for us because we're in junior high or whatever to understand how to do everything that the university student does or knows. So it was like we're, we're, we're going the right way but it's, it's a slow going and it's like an education. And we could, <laughs> it's like when we say to somebody about the Akashic Records, you know, you don't have to go to school to learn the Akashic Records. You can enter the Akashic Records anytime you like. You have access to all the information in the world right now. But the student in the high school doesn't know that. If we learnt or realised like some indigo children, that we have access to it all. We don't have to wait mm -hmm. for the university to come around to know this stuff. Then we would come into the realization that we can actually enter into this paradise earth right now. And that's what I caught a glimpse of. That's what was really beautiful. And more so on top of that, I found that it wasn't just intellectual. It wasn't intellectual learning. It wasn't like somebody was teaching and I was learning. It was just a knowing. And even more so, it was a feeling. There was this feeling of love that accepted you totally. Like the baby in a mother's arms, knowing that it's totally accepted. That even if it has four ears and seven eyes and it doesn't matter, the mother loves it just the same. And in that way, there was this total acceptance of everybody and everything. And it was, it was all knowledge. There wasn't this trading of knowledge. There wasn't this selling of information. Right. Or there wasn't this earning. That's exactly right. There wasn't this need to pay. It was all based on love. And it was a glorious vision. Beautiful, beautiful vision. All I wanted to say was it's the only way out of fear as well. Because only when you're in a consciousness where you absolutely, truly know 100% that everything you need is will always be given to you, that love does that. Love naturally does that. It's supply. Love is supply. Only when you know that will you not have any, lo any more fear. Because then you don't have to worry that you won't receive what you need because... You might have done something wrong or you didn't know enough or you didn't learn enough or you didn't serve enough. Okay, because the thing is, is all of those things, you know, love would naturally serve because that's its happiness. Okay, so all, all that would be there, you know, because people believe, well, you know, if, if you didn't have a job and there wasn't a sanitation worker, there wasn't a plumber, there wasn't somebody to do the nasty things, those things would never get done. Well, what they don't understand is that if you were really in that consciousness, everything you did would be holy. Every single thing would be holy because it would be, you'd know that consciousness is everywhere and everything is alive and love is everywhere. So it wouldn't matter. Yeah, that is the only way you can stop death and death in all its forms, plane crashes that I worry about or accidents or 
any kind of sickness or destruction, the only way you can stop it is to, to have a paradigm where things are based on love. And, and that's how it would work because everybody's needs would be fulfilled. It wouldn't matter what kind of product you were receiving or or what kind of food you needed or service or anything. All of it would naturally come to you because it would show up for you because that's the way it works. Mm-hmm. But it's like everyone has to be in that. So this, this other paradigm that we're in where everyone has to pay and there's interest on Whatever you get, someone has an interest in whatever they give you. They they have to get something back and then some. That whole idea that you're not given anything unless you earn it. And who determines what makes you worthy? And that sort of a system where you have to be made good enough to receive, that entire system is is really what what evil is. It's what sickness is. That is the death consciousness. One of the interesting things that came out of this vision last night was that I have a sore throat, as you may hear from my voice. And I was in this mental debate with myself that said, well, you don't belong to this new paradigm because... If you were in love, then you won't be sick. So you're sick, so therefore you mustn't be in this love paradigm. And I found this mental game of gymnastics going over and back that was very descriptive of the old paradigm that you suffer in order to get into it, that you must suffer first. Or that there's this cleansing going on. We hear this cleansing everywhere. Listen to any of the New Age people speak. And Angel Rose indeed speaks about a cleansing. And I think that at the level of the consciousness where it's at right now, there is that perception that this is a form of punishment or that it's necessary to go through this in order to come out the other side. And this is what I found was really interesting because my throat is sore and yet my mind was in a place of pure love and I'm saying, how can one sustain the other? And I found that in every cell of our bodies is ingrained the old paradigm so deeply that we have to use the past, present and future of linear time in order for us to move into it. Now, it's not necessary. It's a perception of ours. It's like the example I used earlier that the high school student can just, at the flick of a switch, as it were, can know as much as the university student. The same is true of the body. We believe that because we're in linear time, we must process this stuff. We must suffer through it. We must learn. We must punish. We must go through a cleansing. And I say, no. I say, no, that that time is coming fast to an end. And that the more, in my case, 
the more I realised the truth of this, the more the sore throats would disappear, the more sickness all over the world would disappear. Because you really can't have sickness in a world of love. There is no place for illness when there is only love. Yeah, so the purification that I talk about is not a punishment. It's the realization that in our minds and our consciousness, we believe in all this other stuff we've been talking about. We believe we have to earn. We believe there's something wrong with us. And it's it's that shift in mind that has to happen. That's the cleansing that I'm talking about. But until people understand that it is, you know, as simple as changing your mind and understanding what's really true, they will continue to learn, as you say, in a linear fashion. So what really has to be purified out is the whole belief that we have to earn love. That's really what it is. Another thing that needs to be said, I suppose in conclusion, is that we speak many times about discernment, but discerning truths from lies and discerning good from evil. And everybody has this ability, even though many people come to us and ask, how do I become more discerning? And many people will know also that we we always try to give people practical spirituality in this changing world. Here's a practical way to become more discerning. If you have an insurance man knocking at your door or something, and you ask yourself, you don't have to ask the other person, but if you ask yourself, is this person operating from the highest degree of love or you're getting a loan in the bank or you're buying something online or is this product or service or is what is being said operating from the highest degree of love and you'll get your answer very quickly and by comparison if you see somebody shoveling their neighbor's drive of snow you can safely say that that person is operating, is doing that out of the highest degree of love. I don't think there would be any expectation that the elderly neighbor would be expected to come and shovel your snow. So you can very easily tell, you can very easily discern what is operating from the highest degree of love and what is not. And that's the practical spirituality operating in our changing world. Well, everybody, that was quite a remarkable experience. And I'm going to call it an experience and not a vision, Ahana, because because it did affect you in a way where it was a realization. You know, when we're on a spiritual path and everybody wants a realization of truth, that was one for you. You are right, because a vision in that way is something that you see. Whereas that was an experience. I was having an experience of of being in it. Right, and knowing. Knowing. And this is the thing, coming back to our topic today, when we started out by asking Source about what makes people evil and murderous and how Source took so much time to make a distinction and to say that the natural human is not like that. Mm -hmm. It only becomes insane when it's threatened. Mm -hmm. Okay, so your your vision of a, a way to live 
okay, that is based solely on love, where there wouldn't be any fear because everybody's needs would automatically be met. And I've had an experience of that too myself. Baba G gave me the experience of being loved that way. Yeah. Or remember that time coming back from Minnesota in the airplane, I was terrified and I was praying for help. And Source told me to imagine what it would be like if I was in Paradise Earth in the plane. Yes. And it was a total shift. It was a total shift because all of a sudden, instead of the clouds being a threat with turbulence, they were friends that were supporting the plane. They were cradling you. And they were cradling us. Yes, and yes. The, the place where we were going to arrive was creating a, a party as a celebration for the plane coming in. It was totally mm. welcoming, mm. totally accepting. And I and, and sometimes, you know, We'll talk about this another time too, but when we talk about self-love, this paradigm that we're in now, where, like you said, where you have to earn everything, everything's an effort, you have to deserve, you have to, you know, work hard for it. There's always somebody who's, who wants something from you with interest. That is, is to total opposite of love. And when you start to understand that and you start to look at yourself in a way where you say, I have to start with loving me. In other words, do I believe that I'm good enough to be living like you suggested? Am I good enough to believe that everything could be given to me without somebody asking for payment or exchange or wanting to exact something of equal value from me? Could I believe that I could be safe like that because that is safety Mm -hmm. to think that no one's going to, you know, be tugging at you energetically or in any other way. That's safety. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's loving. And people would naturally be extending that to one another because it feels good. Because remember, Sora said, you know, when you have negative thoughts, you're sick. It's a sick Mm -hmm. mind. But when you feel well, and you only feel well if you can believe that you're safe Mm -hmm. and that you're good and that you deserve only good. And that you don't have to die to experience it. You don't have to die to experience heaven, quote unquote, you yeah. know. Yeah. This this is about us manifesting heaven on earth. And, and you're right, it's very doable. And we mm. can do it mm. because we're the ones that shift our consciousness. Yes. So that brings us to the end of our program today. Angel Rose, that was absolutely beautiful. I appreciate you so much and for living this life with me. And for being willing to face these kinds of things, the fears and the joys, all of it rolled in. And it's a beautiful thing. So for you listeners, we appreciate you too. And thank you for listening to our new show, The Answers from the Akashic Records. See you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Answers from the Akashic Records, a world of empowerment service from Angel Rose and Ahanu. To get the profound statements from the Akashic Records in your mailbox each week, log on to worldofempowerment.com.